Thank you for joining the Capital Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is for you and that through these expressions of our community, you will find hope, healing, and belonging. To learn more, join us live every week online and visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info at capitalchurch.co. The top of the morning to you. How's everybody doing today? Yeah, you doing good? All right. Praise God. Well, I want to do a little bit more promo on the Capital College class coming up that I'm teaching. Everybody say yay. (laughs) Okay, so it actually really is an important topic. And there aren't too many opportunities in life to actually take an apologetics course. And so really consider this. It's only four weeks long. It's four Wednesday nights. And it only costs $295.33. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't. Um, It costs like 20 bucks. But the reality of it is that as followers of Christ, um, we need to know how to defend the faith. And, And it's very important for us to know how to defend the faith. And a lot of people don't. They get, they get um, you know, just stalemated by somebody who says something. And so this course is going to provide apologetics tools. Uh, we'll be talking about evidence to talk to people about God. We'll be talking about the Bible. We will be talking about reality, uh, how to respond in a culture that where these words like um, deconstruction have become vogue. And the whole idea of um, people deconverting from Christianity. How do we speak to these people? How do we speak to this young generation uh, of, about these types of concepts? And what can we say to basically have them stop and think? How to deal with issues of doubt? Does anybody here ever doubt? Well, you know, if we have doubts, there's other people who have doubts. So how do we help them to address those issues? How about the existence of evil? You know, it's always something that is thrown in a Christian's face. And so how do we respond to that type of thing? Or even to human morality. Um, and then uh, finally, we'll, we'll be analyzing just like how to balance out faith and reason. You know, we are Christians. We are allowed to have a reasonable faith. And that's actually kind of what Christianity is built upon. And so we'll be talking about things like that. Now, my message today is strength for the Lord. Now, I might not look too strong right now because I'm sitting down and it feels so good, you know, because I was up half the night preparing for this. And I have coffee. And, you know, coffee gives strength. Oh, yeah. But we receive strength in many different ways. Um, Food. I've been reading through uh, 1 Samuel recently, and it was interesting because Jonathan, the son of Saul, he took the tip of his spear and he put it in some honey, and he put it to his lips. Perhaps he ate it. Perhaps you've read that um, in the last few months. Well, Well, basically, it says his countenance brightened when he ate that. You know, honey, how many of you like honey? Honey's so good, right? And so it brightened his countenance. Uh, now, I believe there's four basic food groups. Pizza, 
chips, ice cream, and McDonald's, okay? Now, I'm not really big on McDonald's, so, so Pastor Chris, please don't give me a hard time. But, but in Israel, which we were in like three weeks ago, um, and I was there with Cindy Roberts and Lindsay Wright and Jan and Mike McClure, and basically we did stop at McDonald's. I mean, when you're overseas and you see a McDonald's, you kind of go, hey, that's from America, right? So we went there, and uh, some of us did eat at McDonald's, Lindsay and I did, and my daughters, which was very good. But I have some photos for you. Like, here's one, uh, a photo of, uh, and I think Mike McClure took this photo, and we were eating falafel and hummus. And uh, believe me, it's, it's pretty good. And so, and this is a part of our group there. I've got some other photos here. One of our group on the, on the Dead Sea. And so we had like 16 people there. And then one doing devotions, which Lindsay, you know, that was amazing, right? We were, we were overlooking the Sea of Galilee. Can you imagine? In our balcony. And, and so we were praying to the Lord. And, you know, I'm not saying that you get, you know, I'm not saying it's more spiritual to pray when you're next to the Sea of Galilee than when you're in a church in, North, in Idaho. But, you know, I'm just saying that it's a pretty cool experience. And then finally, I have a photo here of Mike and Jan on the Sea of Galilee. Mike's about ready to hop into the ocean. But no, we're out, we're out in a boat about the size that Jesus was on. And so uh, that was a pretty cool experience. Um, so... You know, I'm talking about ways that we get strengthened. And one of them, of course, is food. One of them is water. Um, these are just natural things. Water has many health benefits, uh, and, it, and it makes us, gives us strength and power and endurance. And then there's simply sunshine. How many of you enjoy the sunshine right now? I mean, like yesterday, I was sitting in the windowsill just letting the sun beat down upon me because it felt so good. And does anybody know what vitamin we get from sunshine? Vitamin D, that's right. We get it. And so um, stand out in the sunshine. Sunshine on my shoulder. No, I'm not John Denver. So anyway. Um, and then there is like adrenal glands, right? So that's kind of a different type of strength that we get. But sometimes we need to have adrenaline running through us. You know, how many of you have ever been in a situation where your adrenaline kicked in? Ever, I mean, probably all of us, right? But I know that sometimes it can save your life. When I was 12 years old, growing up in Reno, Nevada, my, my neighbors, um, which were kind of famous actually, but they had a dog um, that they had just kind of inherited. He just kind of walked up to them one day. It was a, a German shepherd. And they didn't realize that he was a runaway police dog. And um, I went over to their apartment, and I sent, it was morning. I was supposed to go to school. I was getting ready to go to school. And I pet him. And I guess you weren't supposed to pet their ears. So I didn't know. You know, it's a dog, right? And all of a sudden, that dog went up and down my arm so fast in 30 seconds that it was a bloody pulp. And there was an eight-foot concrete wall next to me. And somehow... I suddenly was up on top of that wall looking down at that dog. And, and there were no handles to get up to the top of that wall. But I, I was looking at that dog. Another time, um, 
I was working in the Forest Service when I was a young man up in northern Idaho, northeastern Washington, and you know, I'm not going to make a long story out of it, but we had to we had to light uh, fires for controlled burns, and there was 23 acres, and I was the guy that they said to go down the middle of the 23 acres of logs, and so I'm walking along, and I didn't have a lot of money, I didn't have good boots, and I fell, and I had this drip torch that was dripping fire behind me um, to start this fire, and Steve knows all about this kind of stuff. And so, and so basically, I fell in this pit with fire falling all around me. Well, I suppose that log above me was probably 8 to 10 feet above me. But somehow, all of a sudden, I jumped up with all my might and I grabbed that log. I would have been dead because that thing exploded in about seven seconds later. The wood was so dry. But anyway, adrenaline kicks in and, you know, it's, it's an energy, it's a force, it's a strength that we can receive. And you know, I believe that all strength comes from God um, in our lives. We know that Jesus, um, you know, he talked about the word of God. In uh, Matthew 4, he said, he was quoting from Deuteronomy, but he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we know that we get strength from the word of God. You know, I just, um, uh, Tracy, I love this word. She used the word implore, okay? So I implore you this year to read from the Bible. You know, get it down into your hearts. It will be a strength to you. We, everything, all strength comes from the Lord. Um, and, and what it does in different ways, it can encourage us, it can make us stronger, it can energize us. I like this word, it can fortify us. It can invigorate us, cheer us on. Uh, we just need that strength from God. Now, Micah the prophet, he had a vision of the coming Messiah. And uh, the book of Micah is actually really interesting. You know, he kind of speaks to the past and to the present and then to the future. And in the future, he, he basically is uh, giving a vision of Christ, the Messiah, who is to come. And it's pretty amazing. And in uh, chapter 5, verse 4 and 5, he, he says, And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall abide for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and this one shall be peace. So he'll be peace to us. But, you know, the thing I get out of this is that Jesus is our shepherd. You know, he's our great shepherd, and he wants to give us strength. He feeds the flock of the living God. He gives us strength. And the word strength here is this word O-Z. It's kind of like we would read it as like the Wizard of Oz type of thing, right? Except it's actually the word O's because you put like an E on the end of it. So it's the Lord of O's. And how many of you could use some extra strength in your life? You know, I think we probably all could. Um, and perhaps this is what Paul was trying to say uh, to the readers when he wrote to the Ephesians saying, uh, Ephesians 3.17, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. I don't know about you, but as much as I like food, you know, and I like the strength that the energy that food provides, sometimes the thing that I need the most is strength in the inner man. 
You know, I just get to a point in my life where I'm just exhausted and I need strength in the inner man. Uh, he said to the Colossians in Colossians 1, 10 and 11, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might. I love that. Strengthened with all might. God wants to give you all his might. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy. And then to the Philippians in Philippians 4.13, and we all know this one, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So Paul was saying that God can and will give strength, um, especially when we ask for it. And he can give mighty strength. Now there's many examples throughout scripture, but I just have a few here in Psalms. Um, the examples of this O's type of strength. In Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, and I love this, a very present help in, in time of trouble. A very present help in trouble. One of my wife's favorite verses in our lives. Uh, Psalm 59, 17, to you, O my strength, I will sing praises, for God is my defense, my God of mercy. Psalm 84, 5, blessed is the man whose strength is in you. You know, like we go to the Lord and our strength is in God. Psalm 105, 4, seek the Lord, and I love this, seek the Lord and his strength. We aren't just supposed to seek the Lord. We're supposed to seek his strength. You know, we come to you, Lord, because we need your strength. We need your strength to flow into our lives. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face evermore. Psalm 138, 3. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Now, people have different ways of like defining the soul. But one of the most um, interesting ways for Christians, I think, is that it is defined as our mind our will, and our emotions. Well, you know what? We need strength in our minds sometimes just to think clearly. I mean, we need to think clearly. And then, and then we need strength in our will, sometimes just to do God's will, you know? Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Sometimes we just need that strength to make that decision to say, okay, God, not my will, but your will be done. And then finally, in our emotions. You know, our emotions can get frayed. Our emotions can get tangled up in other things. I, I think I just said a really important thing right there. I don't know why, but I, I, our emotions can get tangled up in other things. Sometimes we need to unravel our emotions and say, Lord, give me strength in my emotions. Give me healing in my emotions. And then um, there is... Psalm 140, verse 7, O God, the Lord, the strength of my salvation. And I have one more here from Nehemiah. It's not from the book of Psalm, Psalms, but um, it's one from Nehemiah, and I love this one. You guys know this one, Nehemiah 8, 10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Right? That's such a great verse. And, and this, uh, this word strength is the word ma'oz, ma'oz 
which means fortified place. Think about that. The joy of the Lord is your fortified place. When you, when you get joy in your life from the Lord, the devil can't do much to you. You know, when you're walking in the joy of the Lord, he can't do much to you. You know, and when you're walking in the joy of the Lord, even the troubles of life, even the, I mean, you know, David said, you know, uh, the joy of my salvation. He talked about that in Psalm 51. Well, when we get the joy of the Lord, in your presence is joy forevermore, Psalm, Psalm 16. You know, and, and so basically when we get that joy down in our life, it is strength into our soul. It is strength into our heart. It is strength into our mind, our will, and our emotions. <coughs> now, I have an exciting testimony for you. So last September, I went to Kenya with the intention of reviving our school there that this church started called Kenya College of Ministry. We started it in 2009. And, uh, you know, COVID hit, and I've, I think I've mentioned this to you before, but COVID, of course, was terrible in America. It was terrible all over the world, but it was devastating in Kenya. Uh, for instance, in Kenya, it doesn't make any difference if you have independent churches or rebellious Christians or whatever that just say, we're going to have church anyway. In Kenya, they actually closed down the churches. like, And so it almost killed our school. I mean, it came dangerously close to actually just killing the school completely. It took such a big hit. So after two years of that, um, my wife and I were uh, conferencing one morning when I was teaching Zoom meetings to uh, a few of the pastors in Kenya. I mean, it, it had just dwindled so much. And uh, I kind of think it was her idea, actually, so I'll give Kathleen the kudos. But basically, the idea of having a conference, like, like inspiring them, like doing something totally different. And so last September, I went there, and I did a KCOM conference, and I had between 90 and 100 pastors show up. And it was amazing. And you know what? It was highly successful to the point where now um, KCOM is taking off like a wildfire. I mean, I mean, it's amazing. Our, our conference theme was Nehemiah 2.20. The God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, his servants will arise and build. It was from Nehemiah. Arise and build is what we talked about. Arise and build. Say that with me. Arise and build. I think some of you need to arise and build. I think it's not just a word for Kenya, but I think it could be a word for here. Arise and build. You know, in the days that we are in, we need as Christians to arise and build. And this word prosper is one, one meaning means to come mightily. And so KCOM has taken off. <coughs> Now, in April of this year, we have a large team going to Kenya from this church. And, and we are going to be ministering to those pastors again. We are going to be doing women's conferences, not me, but we're going to be doing women's conferences, youth conferences, not me, but, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of these things and ministering in many churches. And you know what? Would you please pray for us? that God will give strength to us and give strength through us to them. 
Okay, now there are times that God targets individuals for strength. And I'm simply going to run through a lot of examples here. There's the idea of the lame man uh, next to the gate beautiful in Acts chapter 3, where Peter and John are there. And in Acts 3, 7, it said, Peter took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Peter had said to him, you remember, uh, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. You know, sometimes you might not have silver and gold in your life, but sometimes you might have strength that you can pour into somebody's life. You might have the ability to speak a word into their life that will shake up the demons that are trying to harass them, that will set them free in the name of Jesus. You know, healing is a beautiful thing. <clears throat> if you have ever experienced getting healed or seeing somebody healed, it's actually a very beautiful thing. And God does it in all kinds of unique ways. Think about the woman with the issue of blood that came and touched Jesus's garment. You know, it's in Luke chapter 8. That's the story. But after she touched Jesus's garment, uh, power flowed out from Jesus. And, 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 and Jesus says, um, in verse 46, somebody touched me. And so, and his disciples are like, well, of course somebody touched you. They are thronging you. They are all around you. There's thousands of people touching you. What are you talking about? But Jesus is talking about a different type of touch. And he said, somebody touched me for I perceived power going out from me. Now, this woman, this is just kind of my, my idea about it, is that she was so desperate for God. She was so desperate to touch Jesus that she actually positioned her heart in just the right place. Hear me now, church, because sometimes positioning is what it's all about. She positioned her heart her mind, her soul in just the right place where somehow it connected with the divine energy of the living God and power targeted her and flowed out from her and healed her. Come on, that's a good place for an amen right there. You know, God does such unique miracles. And I don't know, he just seems to delight in doing it different ways. One time when I was in the early 90s, I was pastoring up in Northern Idaho at a church called the House of the Lord. And we had a, a mentor, uh, an, an apostolic father, if you will, named Lyle Oles. And it was Sunday morning, it was February, and I was at an elder's house, Kathleen and I were, and we were, uh, I believe watching the Super Bowl, and all of a sudden I received a phone call. Uh, Lyle uh, was in the hospital in Seattle, and he had such a unique problem, 
and somehow the doctors had made a terrible mistake and they had sliced him in a wrong place and bile was pouring out into his body and and he was only given like five or six hours to live and so uh all of a sudden, I received this phone call. I didn't even know what to do, but I thought, well, I've got to go and be with him if I can get there. And so uh, Ralph, my elder, and I, we, we actually drove to Spokane, got a plane, flew to Seattle, rented a car, and actually made it to the hospital two hours before he was supposed to pass away. And, and we showed up there, and I, uh, there were six other people that showed up and I can still remember us just standing around the bed there. And, you know, I told you before, I, I was impacted by a book by um, Smith Wigglesworth. And so I'd read this book. And, and so, you know, Smith Wigglesworth took this oil and he poured it out on somebody and they got healed. And I, I don't know, I had some oil. And so I just poured it out on Lyle. And we were, you know, in a sense, kind of saying goodbye. But all of a sudden, something in all inside of all six of us just kind of rose up and said, no, this doesn't have to be the end. And we prayed for him. And he got healed. And, you know, for 20 more years, he was apostolic in the body of Christ a father to the body of Christ. You know, God can do things in unique ways. We're talking about God targeting people for strength. God targeted Samson. He, it's just such a unique story. You know, we've all heard the story. And, you know, Samson was a champion. He was, he was a deliverer. He was a judge. And he wasn't a perfect man. He made mistakes. But one thing we, we can learn from the life of Samuel is that God can raise up a deliverer in a person's life or in a nation. He can do that. Um, there's the story of Daniel, of course. And in Daniel chapter 10, I'm not giving you all the verses here because it's just too many. But we know Daniel received a prophecy of the future. Angels came and gave him revelation. And you know, Daniel, he was so troubled by what he saw. He was so burdened. He was so sorrowful that he basically lost his strength. And it says that an angel came and touched him and gave him strength. Now, as I was praying about this verse, as I was praying about this idea, I wanted to say something to those of you who are prophets or who have the gift of prophecy. Do not give up on God. Do not give up on God giving you prophetic utterances. Do not give up on the dreams that God gives you. Do not give up on the unctions and the, and the words of knowledge and the things. Pour them into the people of God. We need prophets in the kingdom of God. We need people who will stand up and say what God has put upon their hearts. Their prophetic giftings. We need you guys. We need prophets in the kingdom of God. You know, Elijah, he wanted to die. <laughs> First Kings 19, I don't know why I'm laughing. But he actually said to God, just take me out now. 
you know. I just want to die. Just take me out now. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of you have actually been in a place where it's like, okay, you know, this is the exit point, you know, God, take me home right now. Don't make me live through all of this. And you guys know what I'm talking about. But you know what happened was that the Lord sent an angel to Elijah and he fed him twice, twice. It's kind of interesting. And he rested in between that and fed him once, fed him again. And then he rose up in strength and went on the journey where he had to go. And he had to do all of these other things in his life before it was time for him to die. And you know, God has things for us to do in our lives before it is time for us to say goodbye. Sayonara. I'm out of here. And so let the Lord come to you. And if you're troubled in your spirit, if you're hurt in your heart, let God heal you. He loves you. Let him give you strength in the areas of your life where you are suffering and feeling that, that tenderness, that, that weakness, that need. Amen, church? And then also one more. Remember how Caleb, you know, he, he got the reward that was promised to him. And, and, and what he said was, uh, once again, I'm not reading the scriptures, but he said, I'm 85 years old, and I still have the strength as when I was 45 years old. And now we are entering into the promises of God. Lord, give me the mountain that you promised me. And then he went out and he conquered that mountain. And I tell you, no matter what age you are, whether you're 85 or whether you're 90 or whatever, God can give you strength. He can give you strength for the things in your life. He can lift you up. And he can give you strength to do the things that you need to do. Now, some, there is a certain strength here. I kind of want to change gears here for a moment. Stay with me. There's a strength that requires a change. Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. This word renew, please say the word renew, it, it means uh, to change. So there's different ways to look at this. It's kind of an interesting thing. You know, normally the word renew would be like new life, you know, but this is kind of like maybe the idea of exchanging. So maybe we are, you know, taking away what we have and receiving God's strength. Maybe it, it's an exchange of our weakness for his strength, something like that. Um, People are eager for changes when they're good things. You know, a new car, a better job, a solution to a nagging problem. Those are all good things. We're like, yes, yes, sign me up, you know. Win a million, million bucks, yeah, right now. But other times we resist change. I mean, there are whole seminars done on why people resist change. And... Um, I mean, like breaking bad habits, 
uh, learning to save money, uh, changing attitudes. These are things that are hard to change in our lives. But what if the Lord is trying to give us new strength in an area in our life where he wants to put something new in us. Pastor Tracy talked about new things. What if God wants to put something new into us in an area of our life that would bring a course correction or that would adjust our way of thinking to things or that would even give us a reality check? Somebody said, wow. <laughs> How many of you have ever had a reality check in your life? Well, I'll tell you what, Paul got a big reality check. Now, I'm going to give you a little background before I read you this passage. Um, in 2 Corinthians 12, we see Paul writing to the Corinthians. And the first part of the passage is very interesting. If you want to go read it later today, he talks about how 14 years before that, he was caught up to the third heaven, actually into paradise itself. And he received visions and revelations that nobody else had seen before. And he also received words in his spirit that he said were inexpressible and that were actually unlawful to talk about in the world. Kind of interesting. And so he had this amazing thing. And so from there, he goes on in starting in verse seven. And he says, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. He might have been dealing with a little pride here. Verse 8, concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, this was a major course correction for Paul. It was a whole different way of thinking, in a sense. And it, and it caused him to slow down and think about what was happening. And, you know, there's many different ideas about what the infirmity was that Paul was dealing with. Nobody knows for sure. It could have been his eyes. Some people think it was... Uh, a headache, he, it, whatever it was, it was, acted like a thorn in the flesh, which was like this piercing thing that was just always getting at him. And it was obviously in the flesh because he says it was in the flesh. And, and so, you know, this kind of goes against our, our ideas, you know, because aren't we always supposed to pray and see those things go bye-bye? Well, Paul prayed three times, and I can only imagine if Paul prayed three times, that's pretty significant. But what he ended up realizing, I believe, is that this thing from God was a gift to him. I know it's quiet in here. That it was actually a gift to him. 
that he could actually say that he, he, took, he took pleasure in it. I mean, that's hard to even for me to wrap my brain around. But I kind of think what he means by that is that if God is going to give me something in my life because it's good for me, he knows what is the best for me. And he knows that that thing, even as weird as it might be, can add strength into my life. Because God gave him strength because in his weakness, he was able to rise up and be strong in Christ. Sometimes, friends, we have to minister out of the weakness that God gives us, out of the suffering that he gives us, so that, oh, I just got to say that again, sometimes God wants us to know how to minister out of the suffering in this life. I mean, it says in Hebrews 2, I think it is that Jesus knew our suffering. Lest we forget, he went to the cross for us. And it doesn't get any bigger suffering than that. Okay. One last area and then we'll close. I want to talk about strength for the zeal of the Lord. Now today, in our culture, in the world, there's a lot of talk about revival happening, about renewal happening. It's breaking out in, in colleges and in, in places around the world, it seems like. And that's pretty amazing. With this current movement, I, I, just want to, I just want to say, I think that one of the reasons why God wants to strengthen his people is to make them zealous. Please say the word zealous. Say it again, zealous. He wants to make us zealous to serve him. He wants to make us zealous for good works. In Titus 2, 13 and 14, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. Zealous for good works. Now, Oh, Lord, help me. God wants to give us strength. Because he loves us. But one of the things that he hopes that we will do with the strength that he gives us is to be zealous for him. And I believe it is to carry out zealous exploits, courageous exploits. Now, I want you to think about where you're at right now in your walk with God, just for a moment. And I'm sure 
most, if not all of you, are doing things for God. But is there something that God might want to do more through your life? Is there an exploit that he might want you to carry out? And I think that's a good word, an exploit. I can't fill in the parameters of that. Only you and God can fill in the parameters of that. Whatever that looks like, whatever that is between you and him. It says in Colossians 3, 23 and 24, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. And, you know, I think it's amazing because in uh, Isaiah 59, it talks about God putting on a cloak of zeal. I believe that we are to put on a cloak of zeal and to, and to have the strength from God to carry out the things that he calls us to do. Now, I'm talking about exploits for God, things that change it. Because, see, I think that if it's true revival, we're going to have exploits that are going to be taking place. People are going to be, whole new things are going to be created and come up out of that. And I think that's got to be one of the things that God is hoping for. Now, I'm going to close here. Uh, just a simple question. You know, how many of you, and I know I asked this before, but just raise your hands again. How many of you would just love to have more strength from the Lord? Yeah. And, and can I ask this? How many of you would say, yes, Lord, and I want more zeal as well? I need more zeal. I need zeal. You know, I need zeal. And I'm going to ask you one final question, and then I'm going to pray for you. How many of you would be willing for the next season, whether that's today or three days or a week or whatever, would be willing to pray that God would reveal to you, actually spend time in waiting on the Lord to see if there are exploits that God wants you to carry out. You know, it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, teach me to wait. How many of you would say, yeah, I'd be willing to pray to God for whatever season it is? Okay, I see all those hands all over the place. All right, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see all the hands that were raised in this place, all over the place. Lord, we need more strength from you. Please, please put your hand in your heart. Lord, we need more strength from you. Oh, God. God, we need your strength, oh, God. 
God, we want to walk in your zeal. Purify us, O oh God. Give us your strength. Help us to walk in your zeal. Repeat this prayer after me, please. Lord Jesus, please give me more strength in my life and help me to walk in your zeal. Thank you, Lord. Now with the eyes still closed, the heads bowed, maybe you're here today and you know, you're hearing about strength and maybe you've never actually asked Jesus um, to be your savior or to come into your life. You know, it's kind of a, kind of a first step that we all have to take. And, and maybe you want that strength from him. You know, you want that, that amazing strength that can only come from God. Maybe you've been away from him. Maybe you've accepted him before, but it's been a long time and you want to come back to him. It's all good with Jesus. It's all good with God. I want to pray for you. And if that's you here today, would you please raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. I see those hands. See those hands. Anybody else? I see those hands. Yes. Church, could we stand together and um, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Let's all just pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Please be the savior of my life. Give me your strength, oh God. And help me to know how to walk in your zeal. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Now, I don't, I don't know. Um, I was, <laughs> we had a pretty unique service, the first service. And, uh, you know, I just was uh, put into a unique position to ask this. Um, we have the waters of baptism over here.
And you know, maybe you're here today and you've never been baptized. Uh, and you know, in a moment, I'm going to ask you if you want to come up and get baptized. And I know that's probably kind of amazing. Um, we had a young couple do it in the first service that gave their lives to the Lord here this morning. And they both came up and got baptized. And, you know, I don't want to overlook anybody in any season of life. And, uh, you know, you might say, well, I'm in my Sunday duds. You know, how can I do that? Well, you know, God, he looks at the heart. He doesn't look at what we're wearing. He doesn't really care about what we're wearing. But he cares about you. And if you're here this morning and you say, yeah, this is the day. This is the hour. This is the time. And you want to get baptized or even rebaptized? Would you just lift your hand up right now? Thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to give towards this ministry, learn more about our church and events, or are in need of prayer, please visit capitalchurch.co.